digging in the crates for something good. Hidden gems often misunderstood. Cause you know there's no such thing as too much. Welcome back to the show. This week, my friend Carlos was here, and we actually had a few different topics that we were going to discuss. I don't think we got to any of those topics. We ended up talking about DJing. DJing? I think I'm saying that right. I think that would be the way, the, the, the verb version of it, right? Um, Carlos still DJs some, used to do it more, and... You know, I think this was just going to be sort of a side conversation and we we're going to talk about it a little bit and get into some other stuff, but we ended up talking about it for the whole 40 minutes. So if you're interested in what a DJ is, what that means, how you get into it, all those details, then keep listening. And if not, still keep listening because I think it was a good conversation and I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Here it is. Carlos, does it feel different now that we're recording? Does it? Does it? I don't know. You tell me. I feel fine. Do we just become best friends? No. <laughs> Dang no. it. <laughs> I, that was a different time. You're thinking of a different time. A different time. Um, okay. So I feel like you're into 300 different things. Sounds like it. Maybe more. Tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're into a lot of different things. You've been into things in the past that maybe you're not into now or you don't do anymore, but you're like, you're all over the place. And I mean that in the best way that you're, you're interested in a lot of different things. Yeah. Been a DJ, still DJ sometimes, right? Just family, family parties, I'd say. All right. But how, how do you get into that? Cause like, I, I think everyone, uh, on some level loves music and might think, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll DJ. Well, I think, I think, uh, when I started was a little different than today. I think anybody can be a DJ today. Really though? Yeah. I mean you you watch uh you watch like music festivals. I think the the music producers, DJs are getting younger and younger every year. Yeah, well I guess the barrier barrier the to barrier entry. The barrier to entry has gotten way easier. Yeah, but that's just like saying everyone could be, I don't know, a, a writer. You could do it, but if you don't put in the time, you're not going to be mean, good at it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's similar. I'd say it's similar to like people saying, you know, I'm a photographer with, oh, you know, the oh iPhone camera doing all the work. Yeah. Okay. But you, you got into it and was it because you wanted to be good at it or just was it because you liked music? See, so... Give me your story. Give me your origin I'll story. Give, I'll give you this story. Uh, so there's footage of me somewhere at my parents' house of me getting uh, records for Christmas and getting records for my birthday. Uh, one record in particular my mom always mentions is this. Uh, it's not really a Disney thing, but it's uh, in Mexico. There was this one group called Cree Cree. Okay. It's basically... So wait, say that again. Cree-cree. 
Cricri? I mean, we can listen to Spell it. Spell it out for me. C R I C R I. Cricri. Yeah. Basically, it's a talking cricket. Okay. So take Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> but, but a cricket just makes like like weird squeaky violin sounds. That's true. Is that what this music was? No, it was like it was just like children's melodies and stuff. Okay. Uh, so it was very melodic. Like, I just remember uh, I was probably three or four at the time. So there is footage of me and like photos of me being so excited to get this uh, vinyl. And well, like I said, my dad used to be a radio DJ. So yeah. he had tech niche turntables, two of them at the house. So my first introduction to like spinning records was probably that and yeah. my mom just telling me on how i used to be able to drag a chair just drag a chair because i was it was too tall it's probably like six feet five feet it, it was pretty tall uh just dragging a table getting on top of the turntable s- section and just placing that record and just figuring out how to place the needle just messing with it yeah yeah so there's footage of me uh, attempting a few times and then eventually once I got it it was like the only thing I wanted to do just play that record over and over again that's cool it's like uh, <laughs> kids now with an iPad where it's just it's like it's around you see other people using it and then you learn to use it right because you if he was a DJ I'm sure it was just like you said it was just there yeah I mean he he had he had like massive stacks of records just record boxes upon record but I didn't really appreciate like any of that music yeah. at that time. I think the only other album that my dad mentions that I would play was uh, the Slim Shady LP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I did not know anything that it said. Like it was just some I don't know something about the rap that he did. It was yeah. Probably. Sometimes like music like that just feels good though. Like you don't even care what the words are. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's probably like the, I'd say the, you know, DJ Carlos origin story of my love for for records and stuff like that. Yeah, but how'd you start actually going out and doing it? So, I mean, for a while my dad was doing it. Uh, so it was like I was constantly being the the handyman, you know, and I, not really doing anything, but yeah. just tagging along for the road. You say he was a radio DJ though. Does that would that be different than him, so, like, doing shows somewhere? So I think when he was radio DJing, that was like part of his passion because he would also be like a taxi driver uh, at night. But it was like, a, tell me that. Uh, but he was constantly doing radio. But then I think and this was again a little bit before my time he started getting into like private gigs and stuff because being a radio dj for like disco he was playing at nightclubs and then people sought him out yeah so then uh i i just remember at some point he started buying a lot of equipment and then me just tagging along with at the time he had like five or six friends that would help him out and i you know six-year-old me <laughs> pretending to to be a big help but See, i think that's cool though yeah. i mean my dad was in the air force so like going to going to his office i remember was fun yeah 
just because it's like just going to see what my dad does but i don't know going somewhere where somebody's playing music i mean i'm sure it's like i i would imagine it would feel like he's some sort of star in a way oh yeah i I think i i mean to this day everything like music knowledge base that i have couldn't couldn't do it without him that i think that's something that even around the office that the stuff we listen to is kind of like nostalgic to me yeah i think you know maybe not everybody appreciates like the different genres that get played but you know there's like a few songs that guilt you know you have your taylor swifts but you know when have you heard like uh rem losing my religion i'm full blast yeah it's rare right yeah i mean it's stuff like that uh yeah i mean i used to i used to see my dad dj a lot so then once i got around 11 he started letting me play at some of these parties with him supervising and teaching me cool so Uh, he'd like stand over you but you were you were working the he would he started teaching me about sound engineering and making sure you know audio levels and all that that was kind of like the steps that led me to finally getting on there but he did give me like a full disclosure that at one point i would have to speak on the mic if i wanted it like and i was terrified i was terrified I hated just uh, the idea of speaking in front of people yeah i mean it's it's overwhelming especially being a kid that you know, maybe you're not as confident that people will appreciate what you do or what you're doing. Yeah. So you kind of get stage fright. Yeah, just because you don't have the experience. Like, you don't know how people are going to react when you talk. Adults? Yeah. Other adults? I think where I first gained my confidence is uh, I managed to convince my middle school to let me DJ. And none of them believed that I was a DJ. It was like, you know, you hear some, some kid... You know, it's like my di- my dad works for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. One of those stories. And so yeah, then... Yeah, sure, Carlos. Okay. So it took a lot of convincing, but then, you know, they let me... And I think that was the first time where, you know, I was surrounded by people I knew. So I kind of got confident in, in the mic. And then it just... From there, I think, you know, I started getting my own gigs. You know? At that young of an age? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could tell you that you know early what is it 2006 2007 i started playing for some nightclubs cool i mean i wasn't allowed to be near the bar yeah how does that work though <laughs> if you're like if you're playing for uh, you gotta sneak through the back i mean that was that was something that i constantly had to do my dad my dad obviously had to be there yeah but but it was still allowed yeah you just i guess there's rules let's just say you know was it legal or was it not let's just say let's say there's a lot of under the table that happens all right in the music industry in general that's what i'm talking about cash only (sighs) yeah hell yeah i mean you're technically not allowed to work you're not allowed to file taxes doesn't matter if it's cash it's true it's true so there was you know I was exposed at a pretty young age to see, like, the stuff that, you know, like, you see movies now of, like, people partying and stuff and, you know, getting, like, this extreme, like, 
Hollywood picture of what the perfect nightclub party is. Yeah. Uh, but I got to see probably like like the the worst because I think that taught me not to be around those places too much. Yeah. At a young age, because, you know, you're young and sober, you see all these people, you know, I would see, like, you see, like, all these other nightclub, whatever, like, movies out there with music, nightclub scenes. Drugs. Yeah, you see all of it, but you see the worst part of it. Sex. Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how so? How old were you when you first did like your first like nightclub nightclub stuff? Yeah, I started. So I started like said DJing at eleven, probably like fourteen or fifteen okay. was like the first when I first started getting, you know, appearances. Yeah, and and that took a lot of work because you have to basically be able to get your own gigs. Yeah, and then. You know, a promoter sees you, and then they're like, "We like you to play at our nightclub." All right. So, what could you get paid for like a nightclub gig? So, nightclubs are actually pretty crappy. Cool. If, if you're really looking to make money, it's more on like the private events. Okay. So, on, I'd say on a nightclub, you're looking at, and I know like today's rate, like even if you were to play like Fassler Hall here. Fastler pays around 120, 125. And how many hours is that? That's a two hour. Two hours. I mean, two it's hours. not the worst thing in the world. Although you probably got to get there hour before, I mean, right? Yeah. So you can, well, so that's another thing about like DJing. It's like, so when I started, I was charging probably like $300, $400. But private events uh, are a whole different beast because basically you have to set up everything yourself you know and so like i would never take into account uh the let's say the the event you know your wedding is five hours five or six hours from like you know 5 p.m till 10 p.m something like that oh my wedding's going later than that come on (laughs) i'm not getting married but anyway go ahead (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so you know, 5 p.m., 10 p.m., that's a n- normal wedding. Traditionally, like, that's kind of, like, the ballpark of m- most events. Uh, I would probably be at the venue at 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, setting up. Doing... 6 in the morning? Yep. Sometimes you... the day before. What are you doing for all those hours? How much are you setting up? So, at some point, I had about, I, got, I mean... We got to like thirty to forty thousand dollars worth of equipment, so it's basically bringing like the nightclub experience or bringing like a pretty good light show, a pretty yeah. good sound experience. They're not providing anything. You're bringing. Yeah, you're bringing everything. So, hauling, you know, from hauling a truck oh, to yeah. the location, going going to storage, picking up all the stuff, taking it to the event. Making sure it all works. Talking to whoever I need to talk to to let me in. Damn. Uh, yeah, well, uh, so what, what's a private event? That's A wedding would be a private event, right? Yeah, weddings are private events. Uh, I think Hispanics have more parties. So when I started, it was a lot of 
Hispanic events, you know, they celebrate for everything. Yeah. Baptisms, that's a thing. You know, somebody's somebody turns one, that's a big thing. One? Yep. I'm not having a party I mean, for a one year old. I'm not having a party for a kid that's not gonna remember it. I mean it's not I mean I believe people do it. I mean it's not for the kids. Like Well, sure, but still. It's kinda it's kinda one of those things, not it's never for the kid. No, I guess any kid birth. Well, no, that's not true. Some kid birthday parties are for the kids, but it's when they can remember it and they can ask for it. That's true. One year old's not asking for a DJ. I guarantee it. That's I don't true. care how good you are. No one year old's asking for <laughs> you because they don't know. Yeah, I mean, man, there are so many events. So different events require different amounts of and uh, of equipment, and then I kept the same rate for a while so that's kind of what made me different from the competition no matter what you were doing it was same rate so i kept the same rate no matter how much equipment i I was bringing so you know 2019 the few friends that are still djing and you know other people that i know if you're doing private events now people want photographers videography uh drone and that's to be provided by the DJ sometimes. A drone? Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's getting to the point to that you're basically like a party package. That's yeah. how you have to sell yourself. But it's... Uh, but, you know, per equipment or per item that you bring, it's, you know, you're looking at a higher build. I think for a while I kept the same rate. And then, you know... It basically, I want to say I got left behind. Because you kept the same rate? Yeah. All right, well, go, bre- break it down for me. I'm having a, uh, not a wedding. I'm having, you know what? I'm having a party for my one-year-old. Okay. Really for me. What's what's the price range I'm going to look at for uh, a DJ if I'm having, does it does it matter how many people I'm having there? Is that, is no, that a thing? That, All right. That's... But let's just assume I'm having 5,000 people. That's probably ballpark. Three to five thousand. That's who's five. showing up. Give me a it's what's a the family. price range for a DJ for a good DJ. A good DJ. Yeah, I don't want I don't want any of this amateur stuff. I want a pro DJ. Okay. okay. I mean, so current rate. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, so like for me to take on something like that, you know, I'd say you're looking at a ballpark of twelve hundred. Okay, and that's for. How long? So you say like five hours. Is that so? Or you but you get there. Yeah, I mean, I so like, like I said, I'm fairly lenient on everything. So okay. like, yes, our agreement might be five hours, unless you know, unless you become Bridezilla. I'm not uh, getting married. This is for my kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bridezilla is anybody that that gets involved too much. Uh, there should I, be another name for those people, though. <laughs> Should be another term. I mean, we need more terms. Come up with one right now. A Karen? I don't know. Uh, it's taken. <laughs> you need another name. Yeah, I mean, so twelve hundred is kind of the. I'm pretty lenient, so like, let's say you know, I go set up. Sometimes you have to work with venues. They don't want you to be there before a certain time. Yeah, that's fine. So that just means more work for me sure but i mean on average um 
like a party like that, you're looking at sometimes starting, they start at like three in the afternoon, four. Yeah. So if go to when uh, comparing parties right now. So kid parties can, I just want to say like some, some parties will go from like three to eight. Oh, lame. So, week but i've also had kid parties that go till three in the morning oh yeah those are the ones that that's my speed like once a year those are the ones that you have to cut off otherwise can you cut them off you just stop the music and leave i mean i you have contracts okay you have to have contracts no handshake deals i mean i learned a long (laughs) long time ago you do a handshake Uh, oh if you shake the right hands i think there's there are plenty of people that are uh, like true to their word, but I mean, you can't trust that. Everybody won't. Everybody values their bank for their buck. Oh, you know, sure. I do it. You know, you want to get the best experience, but you also want to get, you know, the amount of hours. Yeah. I want to DJ for 12 hours and I want to pay 20 bucks. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Where do I find that? What section of Craigslist do I have to go on? I mean, I, I personally had to stop for a while. DJing for my family because we used to rent out a venue uh, and do a crazy New Year's party. Cool. And then one year, uh, it decided to basically go from like 8 a.m. New Year's Eve to about 6 or 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. New Year's Day. That's all night. To the point that like we were taking turns like just mixing like my dad and i <laughs> and then i i remember falling asleep like on the floor by like three because <sighs> 3 a.m because i was tired it's kind of cool though going back and forth with your dad well that's pretty sweet it's it's cool but then you know it, literally you're just playing music for the last drunk people that are well yeah still, still awake but just appreciate the memory with me even though i wasn't there uh, I just think it's, that sounds nice. DJing with your dad. Good moment. Yeah. Just say it was a good moment, right? For me. Just say it for me. It was a great moment. Oh my God. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, party, partying, you know, like as far as like the cost, I think every year they go up, but you pay for what you get. I've lost plenty of gigs. Uh, for people that underpay, like charge somebody $200, $400. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's like, I feel like that's a problem with any creative Industry. service yep. because, uh, you know, there's always going to be that person that's like, yeah, I'll do it yep. for whatever because I don't, don't need that much money and don't know really what it's worth yet. But then there'll be the day where they're like, ah, I can't charge it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I lost a wedding just a few months ago to somebody that... They were like, well, we have a friend that can do it f- oh, for this yeah. price. Everyone's got that friend. Well, you know, they they went with that friend, and then, you know, a few months later, they hit me up. Basically, their wedding already passed. They just hit me up saying that, you know, they wish they would have gotten me because... That's the worst. I always feel bad for those people because that happens... Like, I've heard that, especially with photography, where you, th- you know... If you don't know anything about photography, you're like, oh, this person's going to do it for yeah. $200. I saw their portfolio. It, it looks, looks great, great, but they've got like, you know, they've really cherry picked those photos and, and they're really disappointed. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think 
with that experience it's just it's just funny because what they were telling me is that the dj was played played the wrong version of a song and it was supposed to be like a memorable like dance with i think it was like the the groom and the mom Ugh, and sad. he played like a edm like a electronic remix so of like this it, like really nice ballad like it started as the song oh no and then it transitioned like you know it built tra- to a drop yep <laughs> and it, and it's it's that kind of stuff you know like i have to buy all my music stuff like that that makes you know somebody that likes the craft likes you know making sure that the experience for for the people that are paying you it's it's you know what they expect from from an event i mean you know every event has to be like you know at icg we say you know every client is just as big as the next but yeah you should treat every client like that i mean uh, i mean it can be difficult yeah yeah but you yeah everyone if you're paying money we're we're all like this we're paying money you want to feel like you're being taken care of exactly not taking care of less than this other guy who's paying more or is more important yeah i mean i i used to so there was plenty of times so there's plenty of times where i would not have music i think the one place i can recall is the one wedding i i played that was a mixture of like country and j-pop k-pop country and k-pop oh yeah oh man what a mixture that that was probably like six years six years ago fun though yeah so the groom country boy oklahoma the bride was more of uh, i think she was you know half korean uh but she was mixed uh or she wanted to have k-pop in the wedding so i got a long list of you know pleasing both parties yeah so it's been one of like it's probably like the most memorable event wow what a pair yeah man so i probably made maybe like a hundred dollars off that real all all cost included like you know because of having to buy music yeah man just because i want i you know i i saw it as an investment because out of that you know yeah i made a hundred dollars but out of that event i think there was three or four more parties that came from that so at the end of the day I didn't, you know, I was not happy that I only made a hundred dollars at the time, but I was pretty happy that they were happy. Yeah, and I mean that makes sense. It just, yeah, it's been one of the ones that I, you know, I could, I've played so many events at this point, as far as like private events, because uh, I, I left, you know, the nightclub stuff, just because after a while, you, it's not for me. Where's you down? I assume like just. Yeah, I don't know. Without even being there, I, I feel like I get a feeling from nightclubs where I'm like, it would just get old pretty quick. It's, yeah, and I think, you know, the difference between, like, private events and nightclubs is nightclubs, every single nightclub has a theme. You know, right. you go to certain parts of town, you expect a certain kind of vibe. I mean, you you know, you go to a country bar, you don't expect to hear usher playing playing in the background that'd be interesting i'd show up for that (laughs) i think i think like the most most memorable is creating those experiences like k-pop and country because yeah 
I got to practice and do some mixes where, you know, I would mix a K-pop song with a country song, like a Tim McGraw or something like that. That sounded awesome. So what do you, like, how would you, you'd have to buy the music, but what does that even mean? Because you're not, so you're not just playing songs that, like, where do you, where do you go to buy that music to play at a party? Apple Music or Apple or iTunes, I'd say. Okay iTunes was probably the easiest market. So you're, not, you're not just going to um, like a specialty site. You're just buying the yeah. singles and then using those to yeah. to mix. I mean, Beatport. I don't know if you ever... I don't know that one, no. Beatport is huge on like EDM market. Okay. So that one was more specific if you were looking for... I think now, again, going back to like the idea of entry-level DJing. Yeah. There's so many resources now, like a few websites that I use uh, now. Uh, man, I can't think of the URL. But it's like to um, there's one you were talking to me about where that, you get stems. Yeah, you can get stems. Uh, no, I'm I'm talking about there's there's a few websites now. Basically, like whatever is going to be the hottest song on the radio you'll you'll have it before it premieres that's cool do you get like a subscription yeah so it's a subscription you have to pay a very high subscription but that's kind of like being on like if you're on the radio and you have you know you're able to play all these well yeah so there's lots kind of of in that exclusive club yeah so there's lots of rules that you can't record and stuff like that but you know like if you want to have like let's say if taylor swift came out with a new song that website would probably have it if it if it was more of a like a, a what we would call a banger like a radio hit yeah something that's going to be everywhere that everyone's going to be playing yeah so you you'll get it you know maybe a week or two before it hits airwaves or before it's allowed to hit airwaves yeah uh with a lot of rules and stipulations of how to play it. Huh. So that's what's interesting about now. You know, if, you, if you're if you kind of in the know of certain things, you could probably, you know, be the first one to play a, a song at a party, you know, at a one-year-old party. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> and premiere a song and then, you know, it takes off and then everybody that's everybody's favorite yeah. song so how would you if you're djing a party how do you like what do you do to intro the whole thing how do you introduce yourself dj carlos comes out like what is uh what is that experience like what is that experience that's where my graphic design skills come into play why would you do i tend to i tend to test like my video editing skills Okay. So, you know, before we started the show, talking about having monitors and stuff like that. Yeah. Trying to keep up to date. Uh, I started getting into, like, video DJing. Because that's kind of, like, the new frontier for, like, nightclub production, basically. You know, you go to a nightclub, people are wanting to DJ video mixes. Which oh, cool. turntables can now support and all that. You know, now it's more computer when I started, started on vinyl, then CDs, and now we're back to like vinyl, just plug yeah. and play. 
Well, but also... Right. Also vinyl. Okay. That's true. I mean, it, vinyl never died. It's just... Yeah. It's gone down. But I, don't, I I get it, though. Like, I am I have some vinyl just because it's, it's fun. Yeah, like, I mean... There's no real reason other than it's just sort of fun. I mean... For me. Reading the other day, I mean, I saw that Apple Music and Spotify, if you have those subscriptions, Pioneer, uh, which is also turntable manufacturer, they're going to start including that to be able to play it oh cool so basically you know the way it loads in the track as you stream it you should be able to load it in with the the wave files man so so that's that's coming you know 2020 something like that so that's technology the way things have come along it's it's crazy so basically you know if if a dj ever turns you down on a request you know before it's probably because they didn't really have it like you just don't want to play it yeah now it's yeah oh, i'm calling some djs out don't lie to me you have it <laughs> you have it or you can get it yeah that's true so w- when you say you were video djing there did you, did you put stuff together before like you're editing stuff together that's going to play with the songs like on monitor behind you yeah so so like um i'll custom make videos for events you know i'm i'll make a, a fancy introduction voiceover work and then edit a video behind it something like that so you know my after effects skills kind of come into play from there so that's where I'll like you know I did stranger things that that project came from like just wanting to know how to do like the 80s burn yeah that effect yeah so so it's projects like that where it's like okay you know this is somebody's wedding what can I do with it so I'll I'll put something together, sketch something up, you know. Ha- I already have some pre-made assets, but normally I'll be like, think think like a Marvel entrance, okay. you know, like that type of you know. So I like to start with very like orchestral pieces with voiceover work, whatever introduction, okay, and then the video whatever it needs to tell and then lead into like mixing a few video music videos so that's more the focus is not you getting on mic and saying how we feeling tonight oklahoma city (laughs) i mean that that's part of it (laughs) okay that's definitely part of it just trying to get a feel for like what what this would be like yeah i mean for me a lot of djs so well i think i think for me starting starting that was kind of something that i wanted to up the competition right so i've you know i've only been in oklahoma city for two years so don't really have a footprint in the city yeah uh so most of this is tulsa uh and stillwater when i was in college uh so at the time not really anybody was doing video stuff like as far as people that or djs that were just doing private events because nightclubs started doing that, you know, the day that technology becomes accessible. Yeah, people, of course. People just Make wanna, themselves different. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot easier for nightclubs. I mean, 2019, every DJ now has four or five TV screens that they give that you can see, you know, your kid baby photo and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. I mean, I guess everyone has got to push push yeah. it a little bit to set yourself to set yourself apart yeah i mean so like 
one of my good buddies of mine, he he basically does that now. He took a lot of my equipment. He's built stole it. it. No, I I got rid of it. Okay. You know, know if we need to like call them out graphic design is my passion wait so are you because you said you don't do it as much anymore but are you trying to do it more are you passionate about it are you pursuing it will you pursue it like what is uh what's what's the future like for dj carlos man or do you even know yet it's always so so growing up my dad was always just wanting me to to focus in school so he i remember sitting down with him and just being like you know i don't mind you doing this just keep it as a hobby yeah so i think uh and i remember hating him for that because i was like you know i'm gonna make it you know at the time you didn't see much djing you know now you, you have artists that are their careers are built on music production but it's, yeah we're like making millions yeah yeah i mean you know early 2000s that wasn't it i right. mean dj tiesto and but they just weren't rare yeah they yeah. weren't as big it wasn't a thing like just like uh pro gaming wasn't what it like back then yeah it is now so he he basically instilled that to me where he was like you know see it as a hobby something that you know you can use it to pass the time yeah. Maybe get you some skills. Probably trying to protect you in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it was something that I, I was very passionate growing up passionate, you know, still a few years ago, I'm still passionate about it. It was just something that once I got into my career field, it started kind of falling off just because yeah. It's very demanding. Sure. So, you need the time. So, you know, everybody just sees you DJing, especially if you're just doing private events. You know, by the time 10, 10 p.m. comes or 11 p.m. Uh, or whatever, um, you know, everybody gets to go home. Right. Well, you got to pick up and you got to make sure that everything's still organized in the same structure that you you have. Yeah, you can't just dump it in a in your car. You got to Especially especially now. I mean, now it's just me and my dad. Like I don't pay for a crew anymore cuz again, don't do it as often. Right. But at the time when I did a crew, you know, we could pick it up in 30 minutes and be out almost within an hour. It's not bad. So, it was pretty good, but now, you know, if I'm DJing an event till like 12 midnight, it takes me, just me and my dad. Occasionally, my younger brother will come down, but a solid hour and a half just to pick up. And then by the time we get home to put it up, I still have to take it down. And, you know, you're looking at three, four in the morning. Yeah. And then you fall asleep. All the stuff that you have to do that you don't want to do. Yeah. Like after you just DJ and you're like, oh, I don't really want to. So you do that. And then if I get like a, an event, you know, in Tulsa, so I'll leave Friday, DJ Saturday, sleep somewhat Sunday. Right. But then I still have to drive back to the city to make it back to work. So it's very demanding. So that that's part of the, it's part of the reason why I'm probably doing it less. It's just, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. So, you know, 
I, I have buddies that are wanting me to go back into bar nightclub to help me with connections here in town, but haven't taken them up on those offers just because I think, again, it's just career right now. Sure. Wanting to, to, to get better at what I, what I do now before I maybe step, step back into, into the ring. Yeah. Get like settled with one thing before you go back to another. Yeah. I mean, we can work on an album, Jay. Oh, it's going to be so lit or whatever they say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Carlos, believe it or not, we were out of time. Are we? That was 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, we got 30 seconds left, but, um, geez, I have so many more questions. Just have to do it again. Guess there's, yeah. We, we just scratched the surface. Well, whenever you, you want to have me. All right. Well, you know what? If I, uh, you know, if I ever have a kid and then that kid turns one, I'm demanding you as a DJ because, you know, I want to have that party that I actually said I didn't want to have in the beginning, but just hearing how crazy they get, I'm like, I need, um, I need, need closure. to do it. Yeah. I need to do it. Um, all right. Well, any, uh, last words, any last comments, anything you want to say to the world about you and your lost passion? My lost passion. No, not, I don't really mean that unless it's true, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Baby Yoda memes are cool. Oh, what a great way to end it. If you have not looked up any baby Yoda memes, look them up now. And if you don't understand them, then, well, I can't help you. But Carlos, thanks for being here. And thanks come for back having soon. me, man. Of course. Thanks again to Carlos for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun, and I feel like I learned some stuff this week that I didn't expect to learn, which is always a good thing, right? Always a good thing. And, you know, I'm interested in music, and DJing is... That's a world that I really didn't know anything about, and probably still don't know much about. But it was fun to get a glimpse into that world. So, Carlos, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me today. But that's it for this week. If you like this episode, please let me know. If you hated this episode, please let me know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.